I'm Laura Palmer, host of Island Crime. Season six, Sweethearts, is the story of three teenage girls who were all murdered in Victoria, Canada within about 12 months. So she was scared, something out there scared her. You've just created the playground where predators can really thrive. She was a 16-year-old girl. She was a sweetheart. Listen to Sweethearts at FrequencyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get podcasts. Find your frequency. From the KISS 92.5 studios in Toronto, Canada. Are you this is Roz yes. and Mocha. <laughs> it's Roz and Mocha. What's going on? Hey guys, this is Bruno Mars. This is Selena Gomez. The Chainsmokers. Lady Gaga. Calvin Harris. Celestia Carr. You're listening to my boys Roz and Mocha. Roz and Mocha. My boys Roz and Mocha. The Roz and Mocha Show. Uh, between Roz and Mocha, who is your favorite? Roz. Mocha. Roz and Mocha. You guys are so funny, man. Congratulations, Lisa! Wow! You just won $1,000. amazing. Y'all just made my entire morning. Keep it up. You guys are awesome, man. This is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Google Trends released a story talking about how 90s trends are now outweighing 80s trends when it comes to nostalgia. Oh, sick. And what people are looking at because they're thinking, looking towards Halloween and what people are going to be dressing up as, so mm. on and so forth, right? So it's all about the it's 90s stuff as opposed to 80s stuff or even early 2000s stuff. Guys, that is so fetch. Right? That's 2000s, though. Was it? Yeah. That's Mean Girls. Uh, yo, that's not fetch yet. Was that not? When was Mean Girls? 2000s, thought, right? That wasn't mean 90s. Girls was 90s. No. 2004. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. What uh, do I know? I'm a here, baby. Let me let me read you let me read you this. So I found this. This is so fantastic. Okay. Um so it's just like an infographic of everything that was hot in 1995. Okay. So when people are looking up 90s stuff, this is smack dab right in the middle of the decade. Perfect. 1995. Okay. Um, they, for everybody always likes to know what the cost of a stamp was. I have no idea. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Really? Uh, yeah. So this is in the United States of America where all that sort of culture stuff began. Uh, a movie ticket was $4.35 on average. Oh, wow. A, a new house was, uh, in, on average, $113,000. Oh, my okay. God. Okay. 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 So in style, this is the in style section of what was like the hot trends when it comes to fashion. Yeah. Uh, denim overalls, uh-huh. ripped jeans, yeah. plaid flannel shirts. Uh-huh. Thanks. Nirvana. Uh, guest jeans. Yeah. Reebok pumps. Yeah. Docks. Uh-huh. Scrunchies. Bucket hats. And rollerblades. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm a rollerblades, okay. by the way. Uh, and I have Reebok pumps. Okay. Um, 90s slang. So okay. this is also included in here. 90s slang. Um, uh, here we go, right? Aight. Aight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, da bomb. Uh-huh. As if. Word. <laughs> Uh, my 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 personal my personal uh, favorite, which was really exclusively to white guys, yeah. But white guys only said it because they thought black guys said it. What? Booyah! <laughs> <laughs> right? Not wrong. Chum's like guys. We said it literally once, and that was for jokes. I know. <laughs> and we here we are. Okay. Uh, dope. Yeah. And uh, also. T- t- <laughs> What? Talk to the hand. Uh, talk to the hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what else is going on? Oh, on the radio, they say. On okay. the radio. Uh, Gangsta's Paradise by Coolio. Oh, 
Classic joint. Uh, Waterfalls by TLC. Mm, dope. Creep by TLC. Uh, Kiss from a Rose by Seal. Wow. And uh, Fantasy by Mariah Carey. That's oh. uh, everything that was going on in uh, 1995, which is apparently uh, super hot right now. So if you're thinking of Halloween and all this other stuff, 90s trends, they say, are uh, way more popular this year than uh, 80s trends. All right. And what was that uh, that saying? Oh, yeah. That, the, uh, made popular by the white guys because they thought the black guys said it? Oh, but here's the, here's the best part what? is uh, they give you the definition definition of what they mean right oh, okay. as well and so word means in agreement <laughs> dope means something cool and booyah means in your face <laughs> <laughs> the Roz and mocha show podcast podcast uh jerry o'connell um doing an interview talking about uh, his life out in uh california and calabasas and that's where everybody lives right like all yeah, the yeah. kardashian everybody lives out in calabasas and uh this is uh, Jerry O'Connell talking about uh, Courtney Kardashian. Everybody lives in Jordan Calabasas. Who's the Who's the celebrity you run into most in your neighborhood, Jerry? I'll tell a quick story. Um, there is a uh, strip mall down the street from our house where my kids go to a math tutor because they're failing math. And um, there's also other places like a karate dojo and a dry cleaner. And there was a there was a, a very expensive Bentley. I, I don't even know if it was a Bentley, a Phantom. It was some expensive, huge car. And it was taking up about three spaces. Uh-oh. And uh, I was with my two kids, and I was like, this is disgusting. Look at how rich people just take up all these spaces. They have, they have no regard for, for us regular people. And then um, <clears throat> uh, recently engaged, congratulations, Kourtney Kardashian came out and was like, hi, Jerry. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Courtney, how are you? Oh my God. See you. Congratulations. And I kissed her. And then I got in the car with my kids and they were like, why did you say anything about our parking? And I was like, you two shut up. (laughs) You know, all of a sudden you become a hero, right? All of a sudden, all of a sudden. The Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Podcast. So Timothy Chalamet used to be a YouTuber. Excuse me? Timothy Chalamet used to be a YouTuber who sold modded out Xbox 360 controllers. What? Yeah. How do we not know so, this before? Exactly. So this is back in like 2010. Was he like famous for it? I guess no. he would have been famous for no, it back then. No, but there was always this rumor. Like people had said for a long time that Timothy Chalamet, before he got famous, was like a kid on YouTube who used to sell um, like painted 360 uh, controllers, like modded 360 controllers. Wow. So I'll play the clip. Um, there's a clip of uh, Timothy Chalamet actually talking about how he used to do this. And then I'm going to play the clip of what Timothy Chalamet uh, was like years ago on YouTube. Um, but Vice sort of broke this story and they enlisted a, quote, security expert who investigates war crimes. What? No joke. To go into this story where they went through all these old YouTube videos. Yeah. And then they because he's not in them like Chalamet's not in them. It's just like his hands. With the YouTube controller, okay. with, the, with the 360 controllers. Uh-huh. And so what they did is they went through there and then all, all these old pictures of, that Timothy had like posted years ago on social media and they dug up all his old accounts and they matched like carpet from the YouTube account to the to, Yo, to his pictures, the corner of uh, of like a chair to one of them, the desk, his fingernails. He has a scar on one little f- on finger on one of his fingers. How much and they, did they, and they pay ma- these guys to do exactly. this? Exactly. 
Also, there are like cold case files out there that need to Thank be you. solved. Thank you. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. You know what I'm saying? So here's, so here's <laughs> Timothy Chalamet talking about how he used to do uh, a YouTube show. I actually had a, I had a YouTube channel people found. It's youtube.com backslash moddedcontroller360. You think that was your account? And I used to paint, I used to, I used to paint mod controllers. I did three. Okay. And like, I spray painted them on my bottle. Like, kind of, I would like open them up and paint and them. And do the whole thing. And I would charge people $10. Oh. Did that Ten. get any traction? It got... 30, I mean, I made 30 bucks. Oh, wow. Oh. <laughs> I took like so five three hours. people. Three, yeah. You got three clients. I remember the kids, too. Oh, no, only three yeah, clients. Three, yeah, three. <laughs> okay. And so. I was going to say, once you crack open that controller, like your warranty is voided, sir. Right. So here is, um, so here is uh, Timothy Chalamet from, I guess, like 2010. <laughs> so his pop, his channel was never like that popular. No, then, no. Uh, modded Controller 360. This is Timothy Chalamet. What's good, YouTube? This is Modded Controller 360. Oh my god! The controller of the week. Uh, here's Red Tiger. He's a freaking child! Uh, started it today. Oh, uh, yesterday. Finished it today. Uh -huh. It looks nice. It looks sexy. <laughs> front. Here's the back. Here's the front. So get hind, 72. This is pretty much what it would look like. Yeah. And again, I have you for ten dollars uh, plus shipping and handling in the new controller. Plus shipping. Uh, this one specifically, this is going to uh, stud muffins. <laughs> a gamer tag. I'm not going to give out the full gamer tag, but stud muffins. Uh, this is going to be fifteen for him. So somewhere, somewhere in the world, <laughs> stud muffins yes. owns a modded controller done by Timothy Chalamet. Absolutely. Yeah. Ten bucks. Yeah. Plus shipping and handling, of course. <laughs> Roz and Mocha's Fix My Life. What advice can you guys give me? Okay, so my question is... My question is... Got a problem you can't fix. Roz and Mocha got you. Hi, Gabriel. It's Roz and Mocha. What's going on? Hey, how you guys doing? Good, buddy. Um, So, this is Roz and Mocha's Fix My Life. Your life needs fixing. What about your life needs fixing? Well, I want to do something special for my former best friend's wedding, but we haven't talked in about five years. Ooh, yeah, you wrote this. Razamoka, um, fix my life. My former best friend and I had a falling out a few years back. We'll get into that. Don't you worry. Uh, she's also my neighbor. She recently got engaged to a real nice guy, but I'm wondering if I should do anything either now or on her wedding day to add to her celebrations. We talked about being there for each other on our wedding days and not doing anything feels odd. Uh, but then I think, what's the point since she probably doesn't care about me at all? Hmm. So what was the falling out about? Well, very long story short, she started distancing up when she started uh, distancing us when she started dating this guy. And then her ex-boyfriend came back into the picture because he used to be our friend as well. And he was making efforts to want to hang out with us. And she got upset about that. So when when this happened, she wouldn't let us explain. She completely cut us off. And here we are today. So she cut you out of her life. Basically. Okay. Mm -hmm. And she's still your neighbor? Yes. <laughs> do, you, do you guys do you guys talk? Yeah. You know, in the past five years, I've said hey to her all of one time. Okay. Which and, is amazing. Really? And are, you, neighbors, yeah. are you invited to her wedding? No. Okay. Oh, dude, okay. don't be Bro, weird then, don't man. Don't be weird. Yeah. yeah. No, you no, don't need to... You don't need to give We've her a gift. We've been friends for so long, though, mm. and we, we, you know, and we are neighbors. I don't want to be, and I do care about her still. Like, you know, once a friend, kind of always a friend type thing. But yeah. at the same time, it's like, I don't want to be petty. So that's why I'm like, well, do I, even if I just bring a card or flowers or something and say, hey. No, nah, she don't care like, about you, bro. Well, yeah. well yo, hold on. Wait, important question. Gabriel, are you in love with this girl? No, no, no. We tried dating once, and then oh, and it didn't see? work out. Yeah, no, yeah, no, 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 no. It's weird. Bro, it's weird, man. Okay, if I, maybe we're going to get trashed for this but and more old school or just plain old old 
Um, but when you're married, right, your best friend shouldn't be somebody that you once had, you gave it a go with. Your best friend, Fair, you, but you, you know, it's, her, it's a weird her best friend, her we, best friend shouldn't be a guy if she's got a husband, especially a guy right? that she dated yeah, back in the yeah, day. It's weird. It's it's weird. It's weird. And and she's it's just weird, dude. And I know people can be like, oh, guys and girls can be friends. Nah, it, it's it's just it's it, it will always be slightly disrespectful. It will always be slightly disrespectful to the person that they married. Now knowing that you guys used to date back in the day, now knowing that she has made zero effort to reach out to you. Bro, leave it alone. Yeah, I'm sorry now. We've been friends, like literally we've been friends since we were six. And I think when we were 15, we tried dating for all of like literally two weeks. Yeah. And we were like, nah, because we just wanted to see could this like really good friendship be anything more. And it was nothing, right? So it wasn't like a proper dating, dating thing. And then we were friends for a long time after. But I totally understand your point, though. So here's the people, I think, put a little too much stock in friendship. And I don't mean that in a I don't mean mean that I'm not saying that friendship isn't very important to humans. Uh, We need friends. But I think that we all think that great friends are forever. And sometimes you need to reevaluate that. Sometimes somebody's going to come into your life. They're going to do a lot of good for you. You guys are going to have a lot of fun. And then they're going to go and they're going to move on. And that is a natural thing for a lot of friendships. And it, it shouldn't be seen as a failure. Like you should look at all those years that you guys were friends as, you know, something that, that you should celebrate, but you don't necessarily celebrate it with her um, because you've both moved on. Or maybe she's moved on and you just haven't yet but sometimes friendships aren't forever and i think that that's okay it's fine um to me it sounds like she moved on and you haven't she did yeah yeah you know you were you were somebody that she knew when she was 11 and then maybe dated a little bit when you were 15 like you know that's that kind of like friendship isn't the kind of thing that you do when you are in your 30s and married you're not still best friends with the guy that you dated a little bit when you were 15 it's just it's it's you you evolve and you grow um but as far as doing something grand for her wedding how do you even know she's getting married who told you no i, I mean i saw it on social media on facebook instagram we still oh. follow each other on those no. platforms does she, does she, still, um, you yeah. still hold on so do you you still follow her on on mm-hmm. all social does she still follow you yes yeah mm. uh, does she like and comment on your pictures she she sees my stories i know that for sure like, but, yeah. uh, but no comments no comments yeah uh, no likes do you ever comment on, do you ever comment in like her stuff uh, no, I don't think so. Oh, so you just creep. You just creep. I don't think so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Gabriel, come on. Yeah. Stop living in the past, man. Yeah. You're taking that vitamin C graduation song a little too I, literal. I, You're not I, friends forever. Bro, you are so right, Mocha. Um, I, I think that the most, I think that the most that you could do is to just, uh, like, if you wanted to do anything, um, I would say maybe, uh, maybe a card and don't even dwell on the past. Don't even be like, oh my God, we were so like, don't, this isn't your best man speech. Okay, just write a simple, hey, congratulations, Um, uh, you know, and you can just even do it after the like do it after the fact when she posts a couple pictures on on Facebook, just be like, oh, my God, congratulations. Um, You know, you looked awesome. You looked happy. Uh, You know, all my best. And that's really that's really it. You know, if you want to if you want to send a card. Yeah, exactly. And then send (laughs) and then send her a picture of the two of you guys when you're 15 trying Uh to make it work. And uh, all all that stuff. If you have anything, if you have anything of hers from when she was 15 like maybe even wear that in the picture Ooh, you know what i mean like if she yeah. ever, did she if she ever left like a shirt at your house or something like that like maybe cut it apart and turn it into underpants and just wear those in the picture you send her and then put it on social and just hashtag this could be us but you yeah, playing yeah <laughs> <laughs>
That sounds terrible. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is what you call us for, right? Well, listen, man. Okay. When you're when you're about to make a terrible decision, don't be surprised when you get terrible advice. Uh, okay. Me. That's fair. That's my fault. Fair yeah. Gabriel, yeah. leave it alone, homie. No, you know what? Thanks, guys, for that. Like, yeah. I do appreciate it. Like, I know we we were really close, but maybe it is time just to let it go. It is. It is. All right. Later, dude. Thanks, guys. Bras and Mocha's Fix My Life on KISS. I'm Laura Palmer, host of Island Crime. Season six, Sweethearts, is the story of three teenage girls who were all murdered in Victoria, Canada within about 12 months. So she was scared. Something out there scared her. You've just created the playground where predators can really thrive. She was a 16-year-old girl. She was a sweetheart. Listen to Sweethearts at FrequencyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get podcasts. Find your frequency. Hey, have you watched Love on the Spectrum yet? No. No, you haven't? Oh, it's, it's on my Netflix, fa- right? Yeah, it's my favorite show. There's two seasons. Um, so Love on the Spectrum was kind of, it's like a reality sort of dating show documentary um, about uh, adults with autism um, sort of looking for love and yeah. s- sort of navigating that world of independence. And it's such a beautiful show. Like, I cannot stress this enough of how incredible uh, these people are who are on it. But the, the breakout star from season one was a guy named Michael. And, uh, and he's also in season two. So if you're going to dip into season one and then uh, watch it all the way through to season two. So Michael's on season two as well. And he's hysterical. Like, I want to hang with this guy. Yeah. So What was the story bad. you told before about his brother? He's always like clowning on his yeah, brother so, or something? Yeah. So his brother's like super like ripped and buff. And, um, and Michael's always like, you know, his parents are always like, you know, hey, listen, dating is hard. And he's, he'll always just like look at his brother and go, not for him. It's not. <laughs> right. Um, but uh, so here's a little clip of uh, Michael. Uh, he's from Love on the Spectrum. So he's in the kitchen talking to uh, his mom just about finding love and, and everything else. Listen to this. I don't think he wants anybody loud. Or gothic. Mm-hmm. Or tomboyish. Mm-hmm. Or practically any girl that acts like, like she's still in high school. Sounds right. If she's the right person for me, then always I'll consider proposing to her. Okay. By coincidence, I've already decided on the perfect wedding ring for my partner. The form of a crown to signify that she'll be my queen, per se. But I'm not really too keen on kids at the moment because I have a feeling that having children will ruin my chances of becoming wealthy. meet a girl that wants to have children and you're like oh but that's going to take away from my bank account what are you going to do simply tell her okay i'll allow it but on one condition i get a vasectomy after the second child (laughs) i've been single for 25 years i'm not too willing to be single for another 25 what if you are mum I still refuse to take that for an answer. But it's not an answer. I'm just saying it's a hypothetical what if. Not what if, it will. Okay. Damn. Okay. Manifest it, bro. Bro, Michael is the best. So uh, he's on uh, He's on uh, with Ellen today. And uh, so this is a little bit of uh, Ellen's interview with Michael from Love on the Spectrum. Tell me why you wanted to be on this show. I wanted to be on Love on the Spectrum because it was my best chance to help me find a partner. That's why. Yep. <laughs> and what are you looking for in a partner? Basically, a beautiful, loving woman with a warm heart who comes from a good family and does not commit any wrongdoings. 
Oh, fair. What kind of wrongdoings would be wrong, Michael? Basically, in engaging in with weapons or drugs or <laughs> breaking the law, getting in trouble with the police, doing anything that's biblically incorrect. Good for you. I draw the line there, too. That's good. <laughs> would you go on another dating show? Like, I know that you, we, it was kind of a joke, but would you go on The Bachelor? No. I'll explain why. It's because I've heard that the men are not really allowed to be themselves, and they're also hairless and chiseled, which I am not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love this guy's honesty, man. Wow, Michael He's is, if you so pl fun. please, if you are, the show makes you feel good. Yeah. Uh, it makes you feel good about people and the world, and it's just such a different viewing experience from uh, anything else, really, that's like on on Netflix right now. And just go and watch Love on the Spectrum. It, uh, it'll it it'll make your day. And that's Michael. He'll be your favorite, right? <laughs> oh, my God, yes. The Ross and Mocha Show podcast. Podcast. Uh, hey, Maury, come in here for one second. Explain to me what's going on in this uh, in this story. So there's an art collective in New York that recently bought an original Andy Warhol drawing for $20,000. Yes. And now they're going to sell it to one lucky person for $250. Mm -hmm. So again... Wait, what? Sorry, two, 250 Okay. Uh, okay. okay. So, so there, there's an art collective in New York yeah. who recently bought an original Andy Warhol drawing for $20,000. Yes. Now they're going to sell it to one lucky person for $250. But here is the catch. They're putting up 999 other pieces of art, which are all high-quality forgeries of that Andy it's Warhol... And each of them were drawn with a robotic arm and put through a process to artificially age the paper. So the fakes, they say, are so good mm -hmm. that even their creators can't tell them apart. So they've mixed them all together, uh -huh. and now no one knows which one is real. Oh, that's a gamble right there. It's brilliant. 250? Worth it. Yes. And it's all his, it's not his paintings. It's his sketch period yeah. from the 50s. Yeah. So it's like literally they'll all look exactly the same. So when you buy one, you don't know if you're getting the real one or the fake one. This is such a gamble, but so, so fun. So they've devalued, basically they've devalued this piece of Andy Warhol um, art because they're now refusing to tell somebody but the which one is the original. Yeah, in your face, Warhol. Right. But they bought it. So Andy, the Andy Warhol Foundation on their eBay sells off every week a bunch of original stuff. This was one of those ones. So they bought it from the Warhol Foundation, sanctioned, and then copied it. Right. That's so amazing. so they made a thousand forgeries. That's amazing. And they're selling them all for $250 yeah. each. Uh -huh. One person's going to get an original Warhol. You Everybody just don't know which one. Correct. You don't know. Awesome. And you never will. Never. That's the thing. <laughs> right? So are you now going to have a thousand people who all claim that they have the original Warhol? Yes. I you think you will. That's a Facebook group right there. Right? There. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yo, that chat's going to be so lit. Yes. Yes. The, the, I don't the, know what the max is on WhatsApp, but... 250. Right? I don't know. I don't know. Like, I don't know what it is. You're right. Y'all yeah, can do that, too. Yeah. And this is his drawing. This one's called Fairies. Yeah. What does it look like? What is it? So what it's is it? three fairies, basically humans with wings on the back of them, right? Yeah. Right. And they're all sort of cuddling together. Did you just so. explain what a fairy was? Yeah. Um, black and white or in, full <laughs> in color? No, no. It's just an outline. <laughs> like just a sketch. Black and white okay. sketch. Just an outline. There's no filling in of the art. Yeah. So, so they, bought the, they bought the original Warhol for 20 grand. And I guess they're going to make like $250,000 yeah. off selling all of these forgeries. So they invested twenty grand 
in an original Warhol made 999 copies of that one original Warhol and are flipping that for 250 grand. This could be the, if I do this, this could be the second fake Warhol I own. Right, because that's right. You already own I a have fake a, Warhol. I have a, a, a copy of a poster. But on the flip right. side, yes. it could also be an original Warhol. <laughs> that's I don't, that you right. know what? I, I may never right. want to know. If I buy one of these, I yeah. like. I don't want to know. Right. Because then it could be or couldn't be. So right. never tell me. Right. But you can't, nobody will no, tell nobody you. Nobody will tell you. Nobody knows. But here's the thing. Like, if you t- if you open, once you receive it, won't you then know if it's Nobody dead? knows. So you'll never know. Nobody will ever know. That's the whole thing with this. Wow. Is that they made 999 copies of an original Warhol perfectly, and they're going to sell shuffle the original. The yeah, they're going to, the deck. Yeah, they're going to shuffle the deck, sell the original with all the copies, all of them for $250. Yeah, but the brilliant. thing is, nobody will ever know who bought the original. Wow. Yeah. Gamble. But I'm so in. <laughs> yeah. Also in your face, Eddie yes, Warhol. Exactly. <laughs> the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Podcast. Run, stop. <laughs> Run. Uh, the word Ron, the name Ron, always makes me think of Ronnie from Jersey Shore. Yeah. Or that viral video of the woman who's trying to be quiet and capture footage of two deer on her back porch. <laughs> right. Right. Really sweet moment. And then her husband, Ron, sneezes in the background. And then the woman goes, <laughs> oh, nice, Ron. Oh, because, yeah, because he scared the deer away. Yeah, and then yeah. the deer ran away. Right. And he's like, oh, what, I can't sneeze? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Disney's got a new movie called Ron's Gone Wrong. And uh, the description reads like this. Barney is a socially awkward schoolboy who receives a robot named Ron, a walking, talking, digitally connected device that's supposed to be his best friend. Mm-hmm. Ron, the robot, is voiced by Zach Galifianakis. And and the robot's like not all there. No. Like it's a back alley purchase. Big time. Yes. Um, And Barney, the main kid, he's voiced by Jack Dylan Grazer. This kid also voiced the role of Alberto in Luca right. for Disney Pixar earlier this year. Silencio Bruno. Um, Ed Helms is also in it. Andy from The Office. Nice. He plays a character in the movie. And um, Liam Payne, formerly of One Direction. He voices a robot in the movie, but he also has a song in the movie called Sunshine. Sounds like this. You're like a sunshine, only giving good vibes any anytime that's you That's all right. I don't mind that. Perfect for a Disney movie. Uh, David Morey talking to both Liam Payne and Jack Dylan Grazer about this new movie, uh, Ron's Gone Wrong. And Liam Payne got a four-year-old at home as well. True. Liam, your new song, Sunshine, is in the movie. It's absolutely fantastic. But you also voiced a a robot in the film. Was this a dream come true for you? And does it make it even more special as a dad, a four-year-old bear? Cute, by the way. Um, Did he recognize your voice in the movie? Yeah, I think my my addition to the movie made it the art piece that it is today. You know, without, without that one line that I delivered, 
so eloquently, just so. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, no, I had one line, and it was loads of fun to do. Um, and it was, um, yeah, I, I, I like the peek behind the curtain of how these things are made, and it's kind of, you know, like bringing all your childhood dreams together, right? And then, you know, to top it all off, you know, having a, a beautiful baby boy that, that that is absorbing Disney all the time, and and you know, I've seen Moana more times than any person mm-hmm. um, alive ever. Um, and I hope that this film uh, kind of overtakes that for him in a way. And yeah, I left my voice in so he could kind of spot it. And he's very quick. Um, my family actually had a really hard time. So maybe I don't sound as much like me as I think I do. Um, <laughs> but it was, no, it was a lot of fun to do. And, and, and it was a really great little like snapshot of the film. And, and I, I, I voiced a couple of other, other ones with some fun as well. And, and yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Hmm. Uh, Liam Payne of One Direction. Yeah, Does he only get... have one line? Is that the? Is that true? Yeah, he's got his robot has one line. I love that. Uh, Mori trying to get real slick with the next question. He asks Liam by getting some like one D news out of him potentially. Oh, well, that's this. Is happen. there anything in your life that you're really that you absolutely miss and can't wait to get back to now that we're in the the world is getting back to normal? Oh. Anything that will make your fans very happy? Wink, I wink. would suppose wink, concerts. Wink. Um, I haven't really performed. Uh, I think there's been a a couple of things that I've done. I I did one recently actually for a friend of mine, but to get back to big, big concerts and and festivals and things like that, you know, I think we all miss music and dancing quite a lot in our lives. And uh, I miss jumping around on stage like an idiot. So um, I I definitely want to get back to doing a lot more of that. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely been missed. Damn, that's not the answer I was hoping for. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I know. I was trying to be sneaky. He was trying to see when it, when it, when it, when it was the, the the comeback was going. Yes. <laughs> You'll notice a common theme here, Jack. <laughs> oh, <really>? oh. <laughs> you should have just been straight up. I know. And just asked him. I know. Morgan just, just, just blew like two minutes of what did what they say? You're not allowed. Oh, yeah. you weren't allowed to ask anything specific. But uh, everybody to, did. He just said everybody. You, you see yeah. the common theme. You kind of like you can't not sit down with Liam Bain and ask. Yeah, right. But I mean, that's just not like Harry Styles is a Marvel character now, and we know Zayn is never going to do anything with One no. Direction ever again. Never, like, ever, yeah, ever, ever, ever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Ron's Gone Wrong is a new movie from Disney. Uh, Jack Dylan Grazer, he voices Barney, the main kid in it, and uh, Zach Galifianakis voices Ron, the robot, and Liam Payne. Is also a robot, and he has one line, but he also has a song in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ron's Gone Wrong from Disney is out today. The Roz and Mocha Show podcast. podcast. Police in Burlington, Ontario, Uh-oh. tweeted out information on a guy that they pulled over for distracted driving. What was he doing? <laughs> he wasn't on his phone. Okay. He wasn't eating. Okay. He was by himself in the car. He wasn't oh. with anybody else. Oh, no. He was, was sitting he at a red distra- light. What was he distracted with? He was sitting at a red light. Yeah. Listening to music. Okay. And playing along with his flute. <laughs> and when the light turned he red. Was, he was fluting? You need both hands for a flute. Bingo. Yeah. So he was, the light hit was red yeah listening to the song playing the flute light turned green yeah hit the gas didn't stop playing the flute still fluting (laughs) man you can't do that we gotta get that guy in the show yeah (laughs) get him to play for us so um 
then the uh, the police just ended up just tweeting out like a, a photo of the flute, which I guess they confiscated. I don't know. Right. I mean, it took the man's flute. Or maybe they took it just for the photo and then like gave it back to him. Wow, like, man. Like, put, put it away. Yeah, people are all kinds of. I saw somebody last week reading a newspaper on their steering wheel. Get out of here. No joke. Hands on the wheel, but also hands on the newspaper. No. Yeah. Open too. Not, fo- you know, when you like, you know, when you're on the bus or you're commuting, you fold it up into that tiny sure. little rectangle. No, this was all the way open. No. Yeah. 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 All the way open. Hands on the wheel. It's so wild. Yeah. To me that yeah. people still think and that's that small print. Yeah. Yeah. But they could, they could do all that stuff. Right. Yeah, it's still astonishing that, yeah. you know, I could still mm-hmm. drive by and see a guy with like an electric shaver. Trim the beard. All the time. Right? Or women sitting yeah. at a red light and, like, doing their mascara. Yes. And the light turns green. They're still driving and, like, looking in the mirror, yes. in the rear view mirror yes. or whatever, or the mirror that comes down on the back of your visor. Flute's next level, though. Yeah, big like time. Like, that, because, like, that, there's no... Some things you just overlook, but when you see a guy playing a flute at a red light and then he continues to play the flute when the light turns green, like you're drawing some serious attention to yourself. Yeah. Right? Also, you must love fluting, bro. I, I know. Like, did he ever recite? Like, I kind of feel bad for the guy. Like, was it like, he was oh. he like, you know, off, off somewhere to perform, you know, right. like, and just or trying uh, out for a new gig. Yeah. Like, to be a part of an orchestra. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, COVID's, you know, hit us all real hard, right? Like, you know, what's this guy's story? It was like his only job interview yeah. of the year. Yeah. Right. Trying to get Back in the game? Yeah. <laughs> Back in the flute game? <laughs> <laughs> Took some time off, people. <laughs> but look who's back. Just, just when I thought I was out, they pulled me right back in. The Roz and Mocha Show podcast. podcast. Um, I found this real nice story I want to share with you guys. Please. Um, I saw this on CBC, sorry, CBS Evening News the other night. Last month, a high school in Louisiana saw three days straight of students fighting. I'm talking like brawls. Big, oh, big brawls. Did you see this? Yes, I wanted to I wanted to talk to you about this. So after the three days of nonstop fighting at the school in Louisiana, 23 students were arrested. Yeah, like brawls. Like these are, and like other kids who were there at the school filming it, putting it all over TikTok yeah, and everything, yeah, right? Yeah. We're not talking like one, two students like knuckling up. This no. is like multiple students brawling, brawling, brawling. Yeah. So in order to keep things in check at the school, a group of 40 dads yep. of students who go to that school decided to get together and call themselves dads on duty yeah, and have been showing up at the school every single day to hang out. And since they started showing up, like no incidents have been happening Nothing. whatsoever. These guys are just straight up dads. Yeah. Uh, this is from uh, CBS Evening News where uh, the reporter was talking, got the a bunch of the dads together and, uh, and started asking them questions about this. Nobody here has a degree in school counseling. No, no majors in criminal justice. No, no. Your qualifications are? Well, dad, we decided the best people who can take care of our kids are who? For us. What we do. Yeah. Isn't that pretty incredible? Yeah. And then you see the footage of them interacting with like a lot of the, the students because you would think, you know, you got this, they're running on shifts, right? These 40 yeah. dads, they all know each other. They all may know like the other students' parents. So, of course, all the kids in the school are going to be on their, their absolute best behavior. Yeah. And when talking to some of the kids who go to the school, to get their thoughts on all these dads showing up every single day to try to keep the peace in the school. This is what they said. What's going on, buddy? You moving fast. I like that horse. 
I immediately felt a form of safety. We stopped fighting, people started going to class. How could that be? You ever heard of a look? A look? Dads have the power to do that? Yes. <laughs> Not many people know it, but yes. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, man. Like, it's how awesome. effective is that? That parents yeah. just are showing up at the school. It is. And then the fighting stops. Yeah. 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 No, it is. And I don't know why they don't do more of this. I guess because you need parents. You need those dads. Yeah. Um, you need those. You need dads like this everywhere. This is just one community where I guess, you know, they have that sense, real sense of community. And, you know, you can get 40 dads together that, you know, care that much and are willing to sort of go that far. Yeah. Um, not not everybody's willing to do that. No. You know, not everybody's willing to to sort of step up in that way. You know, when you send your kids to school, oftentimes you think that, you know, somebody else is in charge of everything. Of course. Keep my kids safe, you know, learn them up, all this other stuff. And to then insert yourself into that, that's splitting your life. You know, Completely. that's a big, that's yeah. a big commitment. Yeah. And uh, no, I love these dads, man. I, I love the idea of this. I, I, like, I wish it would take off uh, in more places. Yeah. I really do. Well, they're hoping to open more chapters of, of dads on TV yeah, man. Uh, across the States. But this is yeah. what a group of 40 dads did in Louisiana, where this one particular school had three days of nonstop fighting. 23 students were charged. And uh, the dad started showing up at the school and, like, nothing's been happening. Yeah, no, Just, it's like, great. dad jokes, left and yeah, right. Yeah, no, it's and, great. And uh, keeping the peace. And I guess that's one of the tactics that uh, that help keep things keep things working, at least according to the students. They just make funny jokes like, oh, hey, your student's untied, but it's really not untied. <laughs> and they hate it. They're so embarrassed by it. <laughs> the school has really just been, like, happy and you can feel it. So all you have to do yeah. is start telling dad jokes to embarrass it, the kids. Pull your drawers up. The Roz and Mocha Show podcast. podcast. This Friday is the day. Ed Sheeran, we get that new album, highly anticipated, and uh, people are excited. It's unfortunate that Ed Sheeran now has COVID. He announced that on yeah. the weekend and he had to cancel his, uh, his appearance on SNL because he can't travel to the States. But he's still doing some promo, and he recorded a bunch of stuff, I guess, before he got COVID. Yeah. And NPR released their their latest uh, Tiny Desk session with Ed Sheeran performing with his band. What does that mean, Tiny Desk session? They used to do. Now it's more of a uh, it's more of a performance. Before, from what I remember, earlier versions of the Tiny Desk sessions, you'd get a band. And they were like almost crammed into like an office space. And they will go back to that, but because of COVID, they're calling it Tiny Desk at Home. Oh, so, right. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. So okay. It, it was a just, COVID thing. Yeah. So it was a little bit more un, not uncomfortable, but it just like had a cooler look cool. to it. Okay. Right. I got gotcha. And then since COVID happened, they had to obviously socially distance and make things safe for their okay. guests. So Ed so, Sheeran rented a house. Uh, oh, wow. Huge house session. He as didn't opposed do to, that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> NPR did that. Okay. Um, but he performed a bunch of songs, um, a bunch of stuff, uh, you know, from the new album, the new songs that we already know, songs like Shivers. I took an arrow to the heart. I never kiss a mouth that tastes like yours. Strawberries and something more. And I miss seeing oh, him yeah, share perform live, too. Yeah. Lipstick on my guitar. Ooh. It's actually nice to see him with a band, too. Remember that one time you and I saw him in concert? And it was just like lights, I love a stage, and it was him and his guitar. And I, that was it. I love Ed Sheeran so much. His live show, I've never been more bored. I know. But now he's stepped things up. Now that he's got yeah. a band and everything, right? Yeah. Because there's nothing else to look at. 
There was just no show. God, he's so good live, huh? Yeah. Yo, and I, watching this yesterday, is Ed Sheeran on uh, NPR's Tiny Desk, by the way, Sessions. He performed a song that is actually my all-time favorite Ed Sheeran song. Really? Yes. Have I even heard this? Probably not. You know what? I yeah. mentioned it like back in the day. Yeah. And yes, you've heard it. Okay. But okay. it's not like a song that people reference all the time. Okay. One of my favorite shows when it was on was Sons of Anarchy, the right. motorcycle gang show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there is a pivotal scene in, without spoiling it, if you still haven't watched Sons Spoil of Anarchy. Spoil away. It's but there's a pivotal show. scene in, as the show is wrapping up the series, and this Ed Sheeran song plays, and it means so much to the storyline. Okay. And it is my all-time favorite Ed Sheeran song, and it's called Make It Rain. And the sins of my father Way down in my soul And the pain of my mother Oh, getting goosebumps, dude. Are they all playing live during this? Like a live band? Will yeah. Yeah, this band's let me go. tight, Well, I know they can come fire from the sky To refine the purest of kings And Shem, Shem, executive producer of the Raza Moga <laughs> Show, you only recently got through the entire series of Sons of Anarchy, right? Yeah, is this the scene that I'm... Yes. Okay. Yeah. With Jax and his mom? Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I love this song. And you remember when the song came on? Holy. This is my favorite Ed Sheeran song. Yeah, it's good. He's really good. Yeah. Right? Like, I can't wait to see him in concert. Like, once he gets back to. Uh, to hit in the road. Here's a song he did called uh, Overpass Graffiti. So this next one we are going to play is a new one off the album called Equals, out October 29th. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's called Overpass Graffiti. And, uh, yeah, I hope you like it. This is a dark parade Another rough patch to rain on I know your friends may say This is a cause for celebration Hip hip hooray love Photographs and sepia tones So still the fire's barely fighting cold So here you go, Uh, Ed Sheeran performing uh, Tiny Desk at Home concert with NPR If you get a chance, go check it out Especially if you're a fan of Ed Sheeran and you want to see him live again? Yeah. This is probably the closest you'll get. The video is only 22 minutes, so. He goes through five songs on there. And it's really good. Yeah, he's such a good singer. Yeah. Like, and this kind of makes you miss, like, live music again, right? No. It doesn't? No. Oh <laughs> I don't want to see wow. anybody live ever again. Oh, wow. I do. Um, I can't wait. Like, I'm, like, if Ed Sheeran hits the road again. No, it makes me it makes me miss unprocessed pop music is what it makes me miss. Gotcha. Especially when you have a, a talented artist like Ed Sheeran who can play an instrument and sing so really, good. really well at He's the exact so same time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, That's uh, Ed Sheeran on NPR's uh, 
Tiny Desk at Home Sessions, which you can uh, now see on YouTube. The Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Podcast. Uh, Ed Sheeran did a new interview with uh, Cheryl Hickey on ET Canada. Oh, nice. Uh, talking about um, the sort of way that he and his wife go through tracks that he's going to put on the album and awesome. how much influence she has. Really? Yeah. It's I actually, know that your wife actually helped you pick some songs in the album. In fact, she picked Bad Habits to be the first single when you're playing songs for her before the rest of us all hear them, is she basically sobbing in the corner? No, she has quite a like uh, business minded head about it, I think, because she just is like, well, this is what I like. And I'm kind of like, cool, because I, I don't want her to go. This is what I think people will like. She's, she just goes, I like this and I, I like this. And I think it uh, I mean, she hasn't been wrong so far. She hasn't been wrong. There's a there's there's one sh- song she told me to cut from the album and now it's off the album. It, the album makes more sense. She was basically listening to the album as a whole and the album's theme is basically like turning 30, getting married, fatherhood, losing a friend. And there was this one album that was just, it was a big pop song and it was, it was fun. But she was like, I think this sticks out like a sore thumb. And then I took it off and I'm like, oh wow, now this album actually makes sense. She just knows me. She just knows me. She likes, she's a fan of my music, which is good, but she's known me since I was like 11 and she knows what I'm about. And I think she's steered the album into... Uh, good waters. Now I want to hear that big pop song. (laughs) You know what I want to hear? Now knowing this information of all the songs that his wife has potentially had him get rid of for an album, he should put out an album and just call it Songs uh, Songs My Wife Didn't Like. Yeah, Cherry's Rejects. (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) That's uh, good though. You know what? I like that. I like that he goes to his wife for for her opinion uh, and not as somebody in the music business, right? Right. Not somebody who knows, like he's not going to go to someone who he knows uh, is going to give him an answer because there's money to be made for that individual that he's asking, right? He's not going to go to a record label because they know, okay, these songs are going to help make us money. I think I, I was interviewing, I think it was Dolly Parton years ago where I asked her something similar and I think when she was talking about her husband, I think that she told me that her husband doesn't listen to her stuff either because he doesn't particularly like it or because she said that he has terrible taste in music. One of those oh, two things, wow. right? Yeah. But you yeah, know, that had to come from That had to come from somewhere though. Like maybe she asked him for his opinion. He yeah. said he didn't like it, but in her heart she knew it was a hit. And maybe that song ended up becoming a hit. Yeah. And she was like this just, guy's an yeah, idiot. Yeah, great guy, awesome husband, but, you know, absolute, not your absolute, absolute yeah. crap at picking <laughs> tracks, right? That's not your thing, homie. <laughs> Stay uh, in your lane. But I do know. I, I'm with you. I want to hear Cherry's Rejects. I want to uh, hear I want to hear that big pop song that she said stuck out like a sore thumb. Yeah, yeah, big I time. really want to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, but that is the uh, new Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran's still dealing with COVID, I guess, huh? He is, yeah. yeah. And we get that new album on Friday. The Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Podcast. Uh, so more from Dave Chappelle and the, uh, I guess, fallout from his Netflix special, The Closer, where there was the trans walkout uh, at Netflix uh, protesting Chappelle and his special and, I guess, Netflix support for um, Chappelle. So Dave's on tour right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
during the initial protest, they had there was a claim that the people involved, the organizers, said that they reached out to Dave Chappelle uh, to sort of sit and have dialogue with Dave Chappelle. They claimed that Dave declined their offer. Um, and then Dave came back a couple of days later saying, no, man, um, nobody asked and I would love to, you know, sit down. Uh, but he also on stage said that he had a documentary that he's been working on uh, called Summer Camp, I guess it is. And it was invited to film festivals. So this is what Dave said about his documentary. This film I made was invited to every film festival in the United States. Some of those invitations I accepted. When this controversy came out about the closer, they began disinviting me from those film festivals. And now today, not a film company, not a movie studio, not a film festival, nobody will touch this film. Uh, Thank God for uh, Ted Sarandos at Netflix. He's the only one that didn't cancel me yet. So he says that he's already feeling re repercussions from this of where people don't want to work with Dave Chappelle anymore. Uh, So this is Dave Chappelle on stage um, last night talking about what it would take for him to sit down and meet with the um, trans community. It's been said in the press that I was invited to speak to the transgender employees at Netflix and I refuse. That is not true. If they had invited me, I would have accepted it, although I am confused about what we are speaking about. I said what I said, and boy, I heard what you said. My God, how could I not? You said you want a safe working environment at Netflix. Well, it seems like I'm the only one that can't go to the office anymore. I want everyone in this audience to know that even though the media frames this, that it's me versus that community, it is not what it is. Do not blame the LBGTQ community for any of this shit. This has nothing to do with them. It's about corporate interests and what I can say and what I cannot say. Wow. Okay, so then he talks about what it would take to uh, his sort of parameters, his conditions on any meeting that does happen. To the transgender community, I am more than willing to give you an audience, but you will not summon me. I am not bending to anybody's demands. And if you want to meet with me, I'd be more than willing to, but I have some conditions. (laughs) First of all, you cannot come if you have not watched my special from beginning to end. You must come to a place of my choosing and a time of my choosing. And thirdly, you must admit that Hannah Gatsby is not funny. <laughs> I know, still with the jokes. Wow. Uh, but that was, that was one of the things that we talked about um, on this show was that there's a lot of shocking things that Dave Chappelle says. And I think that you can support both in this situation. I don't think that you have to pick one or the other. I think that you can you know, understand what Dave was saying and, and look at that stand-up special as an entire special. As opposed um, be, to because, individual jokes. Because it is important to watch the whole thing because the he, he starts off at one place and then 
sort of finishes you off in another place where he talks about this beautiful friendship that he had um, with a trans woman and who wound up taking uh, her own life because of bullying that she suffered online mm -hmm. because she stood up for Dave Chappelle. So that's the sort of arc of the <clears throat> of the story was him quite emotionally uh, talking about uh, this good friend of this good friend of his. Um, but uh, but Hannah Gatsby got thrown into this when uh, Ted Sarandos from Netflix originally said, we have everybody on Netflix. We have this, we have this, we have Hannah Gatsby, we have Dave Chappelle. And then Hannah Gatsby was like, whoa, 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 don't drag me into this. Yeah. And then she went on to trash Dave Chappelle. Huh. And now you got Dave Chappelle trashing no, the war. Gatsby. The war is the on. War. The Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Podcast. God, I have to, uh, I got to play you this clip of um, Olivia Rodrigo talking about going to the White House. She got invited to the White House. And I know I get goofed on a lot of times for being old. Mm. That just happens, right? Sure. You become super cool and then everybody gets jealous and so they start throwing rocks and people just like to say I'm old. Oh, is that what it is? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay? Uh -huh. Okay. Okay. Whatever um, you got to tell yourself, bro. <laughs> but I'm not Joe Biden old. Uh -huh. Okay? So here's Olivia Rodrigo telling Jimmy Kimmel uh, when she went to the White House, um, the sort of parting gifts that she got from Joe Biden. They called and invited you to the White House. Yeah, just so crazy. With the Ray-Bans, do you bring those or does he hand them out? He, he gave them to me, actually. He gave me gave a few me. gifts. He gave me those. He gave me some M&Ms. And he also gave me a shoehorn, which was strange. Did had, he like, really like give the, you a shoehorn? Really. It had, like, the presidential, like, <laughs> emblem on it. I'm serious. It's in my house. Well, if you ever thought Joe Biden was too old to be president... <laughs> Now we know he is. He's giving out shoehorns. He's giving out shoehorns. Amongst some other stuff. <laughs> Did you pretend cool. to be interested in the shoehorn? I didn't see it when he gave it to me. It was like in a bag, and I like opened it up. I was like, oh, that's so cool. Wow. Okay. So it's like a gift bag of stuff <laughs> and one of the M &Ms things. and shoehorns. <laughs> I can't even, like, I don't know if I've ever used shoehorn in really? my entire life. Yeah. Now... I have a bunch of them. Now, does it, would it say, like, uh... It would probably have, like, the president, like, like Joe, a... Joe Biden or, like, number, uh, was it number 46 on it no, or something? No, it probably has, like, a White House logo on it, that, that sort of, like, little White House logo that they have. I'm sure it has, uh, I'm sure it has that on it. But that just sounds like, you know when, like, you would... Maybe, maybe you never did this or you've never been in this situation, but you know, when you're like really trying to impress somebody, like whatever, like whether it's like you want somebody to like you a lot or a girl or even like a guy that you want to like be friends when you were younger and, you know, and they're just like, oh man, that, uh, I really like your, uh, your drums and you're like, you can borrow them. You take them, take them, take them. And you just start giving all your own stuff away. I don't need them this way. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a great jacket. You want it? Like, I don't even really, I don't need it anymore. Like you just start giving your own stuff away, right? But like you to seem they, cool. Like the team over there at the White House, they're coming up with like things, <laughs> right? Items. Like, like okay, we're gonna put we're gonna put uh, you know the logo, the White House stamp, the logo. <laughs> we're like we got pencils, yeah, uh, pads of paper. Yeah. We're gonna put them on pens. Maybe we get some buttons. Maybe we get some hats. And then like who in the room suggested shoehorn? Yeah. Let's put it on a shoehorn. Well, because and they, this will go in the gift bag. Because the other two seem fairly personal. Because uh, she says at the beginning of it that Joe Biden um, gave her a pair of Ray Bans. Like you know how yeah. Biden always wears those aviator ray bands cool so, guy yeah so i cool guy thank you yeah i can relate um so i guess when you go to the white house maybe you get like a pair of like joe biden's signature like aviators mm -hmm. 
and then M&M's because maybe he likes M&M's and then the shoehorn because like, like because why? He, he uses shoehorns all the time? I don't know. Maybe like that's his thing. Like maybe like we just don't know, but like that's just always but been his But he also wears thing? like an American flag button. Yeah. Like why not? Is that in the gift bag? No, probably not. Probably like, not. Like the shoehorn has to mean something yeah, to Joe Biden. I, I know. That's it's so super weird. weird. To make it into the gift bag of three things. Yeah. Right? And Olivia Rodrigo, one of the I biggest know. superstars in the world. God. Now she got at her place. And you can't throw it out. No. For the rest of her life, she will have no in her possession yes. an official Joe Biden, president yeah. of the United States, with the White House stamp of approval on uh, it, shoehorn. Don't get me wrong. Sort of jealous. <laughs> He's such a liar. The Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Podcast. Uh, hey, Mocha. Uh-huh. Are you ready? I am, sir. <laughs> All right. Let's do the news. The Roz and Mocha Show podcast. News break. Uh, Floyd Mayweather is being accused of rejecting a uh, selfie with a fan because the male fan had his nails painted. Uh, so listen to this. Okay, I so, the beginning of that yeah. again. So Floyd, a lot of yelling. So Floyd says, you got painted nails. I'm not taking no picture with a guy with painted nails. Oh. Okay? And then the guy turns around. I don't even know if this guy is gay. I think he thinks he just has painted nails. He could be gay. I don't know. But he's, then he accuses Floyd Mayweather of being a homophobe. Uh, so a rep for Mayweather says that he didn't take the photo because he was in a rush to leave. <laughs> um, but that's not what you said. No, he clearly says. Clearly says. I'm not taking a picture with a guy with no painted nails. Right. Clearly. Floyd, come on. Man. <laughs> yeah, right. We all heard it crystal clear. It's on video. Uh-huh. Like on video. I don't think Floyd Mayweather in, cares one way or the other. You weren't in that much of a rush to make that statement. <laughs> the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Podcast. Uh, hey, they announced the cast of uh, Canada's Got Talent. Hold on, let me find that for you here. The judges? The judges, yes. Who's hosting sir. the show? Do we know yet? Yeah, Lindsay L. is hosting the show, who Lindsay I love L. a whole lot. Lindsay L. is a country singer. Yes. From Calgary. Correct? Maybe. I'd assume. Hold on. Yeah. Can you find out where Lindsay L's from for me? I've talked to the I just girl, assume um, all Canadian um, uh, country singers are from million, Calgary. A million times I've talked to her. Big up Calgary, by the way. Uh, and then your judging panel is, where is she from? Calgary. She's from Calgary. Yeah, hey! She's awesome. Yeah. Lindsay L is. Big up Calgary. I lived there for eight months and hated it because I was there in the wintertime. It was minus 40 every single day. Beautiful place. Hated the weather. Wow. Wow. How long were you there for? Eight months. That's it, huh? Yeah. Jeez. Minus 40 every day. I'd have to walk from my apartment 15 minutes to go get the bus. Is that what it was? Minus yeah. 40 every day? And then day? it would take me an hour oh and a half to get to work God. every single day. That is a lot. But you know what's weird? What's and if that? you're in Calgary, it's not weird because you're used to it. Yeah, But it fair can be enough. minus 40 in the morning at 6 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And then at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, it could be 15 degrees outside oh, and wow. you don't need a jacket. Nice yeah. and sunny. That hurts your stomach, that kind of weather. And your judging panel for Canada's Got Talent, uh, uh, WWE superstar Trish Stratus. Hey! Uh, love How- it. Howie Mandel. Uh-huh. Love it. Uh, Lily Singh. Love it. And, uh, Yo, big up Scarborough. And uh, Cardi, Cardinal Fischel. Hey! So there you go. Very interested in watching. I love every single one of those people. Yeah. 
uh, who are going to be hosting. Yeah, or, Lin- Lindsay's, sorry, judging. Lindsay's awesome. I love. Uh, I have so much love for that girl. She's great. The Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Podcast. Okay, uh, so Steph Curry is producing a Christmas movie. Steph Curry from the like Golden Knights. Steph Curry. No, Golden State Warriors. Sorry, Golden State Warriors. Yeah, yeah. Um, producing a Christmas movie called Twelve Days of Christmas. Okay. And the premise is about uh, a guy named Nick. He's not starring in it. Keep in mind, okay. So he's okay. producing it. Uh, who is a quote self-driven, self-absorbed man who never wants to have children. But twelve days before Christmas, he wakes up and finds a kid in his house, uh-huh. and he thinks it's a dream until the next morning when there's a second kid in his house. And then the next morning when there's a third. And so you get where we're going here. Leading up to... 12 kids in the house? 12 kids in the house. And, and then Nick I, is the only one there? And I guess, yeah. And then single I guess, Nick with sing, 12 kids? Single Nick with 12 kids. And oh. then I guess he learns the loving ways of family and children and kids, all of this stuff by... Do we know how old the kids are? But like, do we know where the kids up? come from? Their backstory? That's weird. Or is this just like... These are all Nick's kids all of a sudden. But, like, are they just magic kids that just show up? And then on Christmas, they all disappear? Like, they have no mom? Like, they don't, like, where do they, like, where do they come from? Yeah, a lot of questions that need to be answered, Steph Curry. That's weird. It's weird when you just start, like, plopping children into a single guy's house. And also, you can't go out in public, like, with all those kids. No! Because then neighbors and just people in general just like, yo, Nick, where them kids come from, Thank bro? you. You look like a guy with a van problem. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. People are going to be calling police. There's a yes, lot of holes in this plot. There's a lot of holes in this plot. <laughs> yeah, single Nick next door can't suddenly have 12 children in the house. No. No, That's not weird. at all. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Podcast. Uh, Britney Spears says that, uh, so she went on social media uh, and, and talking more about her family. Uh, and airing sort of her frustrations. She says, um, don't you find it weird when you jump through hoops to organize uh, trips or set up lunch dates with people you love only to know they'll bail on you or leave after 10 minutes? She goes on to say, it's humiliating. And it's like every person I've ever opened up to immediately says they'll be gone on a trip for two weeks after, on a two week trips after. Okay, I get it. Uh, They're only available to me when it's convenient for them. Well, I'm no longer available to any of them now. She goes on to say, I don't mind being alone and actually I'm tired of being this understanding Mother Teresa. If you're rude to me then I'm done. Peace out. She goes on to say uh, this message is to my family for hurting me deeper than you'll ever know. I know the conservatorship is about to be over, but I still want justice. She ends it off by saying, I'm only five foot four and I've played the bigger person my entire life. Do you know how hard that is? Uh, So that is the uh, latest from Britney Spears. Um, Love where she's at right now. I mean, even though she sounds a little frustrated. Yeah. Love that. uh, Love. She's she gets to air it all out, right? Yep. Just being honest. The Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Podcast. Um, oh, Anna Taylor-Joy, <clears throat> star of uh, The Queen's Gambit, will be on Ellen today. And I, there was a picture of her like a while ago in like a Tigger onesie um, wrestling in Jello, And everyone's like, what in the heck is Anna Taylor-Joy doing in a Tigger onesie? Uh, wrestling in Jello, But now it all makes sense. So this is uh, Anya uh, Taylor-Joy talking to Ellen. Explain what you did after the Emmys this year. You said you went to the Emmys, but then I see a picture of you doing, is it jello wrestling? Is that what you were doing? Yes, ma'am. Yes. So where was this? <laughs> this was at my friend's house. Um, again, award shows are frightening. They're really wonderful, but it's just not really what I do every day. So I've made a rule that whenever I do something that's scary, I get to do something ridiculous that I've always wanted to do. So out of the couture gown and into the Tigger onesie. 
is the is the rule of thumb now. There's a lot of jello. Yeah. A whole lot of jello. Cold and green, surprisingly hard. Harder than I thought it was going to be. Really? It's not easy to fall into jello? It's very slippery and it's quite slow. It's almost like Tai Chi. Yeah. <laughs> and now what else, like, what is another thing, an, an example that you would do that's ridiculous after doing something scary? I really want to ride a mechanical bull. Oh, that's really fun. Yeah. You've um, never done that? No, I'm currently working in Savannah and there's a mechanical bull, but we're on night shoots and I'm just desperate to give it a go. I got a lot of weird friends. I've had a lot of weird friends in my life. I've never had a friend <clears throat> who had a jello wrestling set up at home. Yeah, no, that's uh <laughs> I went to a friend's house yeah, to that, jello wrestle. Yeah, that that's um like that's information you keep to yourself. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yes. Or oh. you have to have somebody in your life who you really, really, really trust. Yes. To be able you. to tell that information to. The Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Podcast. Uh, Dune sequel is officially happening. Um, uh, spoiler alert. So 2023, which oh, will God, be. I haven't even watched Dune one yet. Well, listen, Dune one starts off by saying part one, so they had to they had to do a sequel. Uh, but the interesting thing is that Zendaya fans are super pissy because. She's, Don't tell me her character dies. No, she's like one of the top build people in the film. She okay. is like in all the pictures. She is. She's all over the trailers. She is all over the trailers. She is like second in line on the red carpets. She is in the movie for seven minutes. When you go to her, um, her Twitter, yeah, she was like going ham with promo. Yes, for this movie. Yes. Is she not in the second one? Uh, no. So here's the thing: is that the way the like she will be? I mean. Jeez, spoiler alert. Um, but it, like the way that it's set up is that really her story arc will take place in part two. Okay. You can only assume from what goes on in part one. But she's in the movie. The movie's like two hours plus, like 215 or 220 or whatever it is. Mm. And fans are pissed because Zendaya's in the movie for seven minutes. Um, but then. Oh, that's it? Seven minutes. <gasps> Yes. She's yeah, in the, out of two plus hours? She's in the movie for seven. She's on screen for seven minutes of the movie. No, not cool. uh, and then the And then the Dune nerds are like, read the book. Like, the Why? When like, there's a movie. I know, but the, you would know about that character. And that well, they're, they're not the like central to. But what they're saying is that it's not a surprise. Yeah, it is. If you haven't read the book. Yeah, but it's but it's out there that this is the sort of arc of the character. Uh, so anyway, well, they should have given that is given us that information. So anyway, first. fans are pissed because she is like second on the carpets, yes. top billing of the film. Yes. everything else. Big she's star. in the movie for yes. seven minutes. Cool. So people are pissed about that. No, I, I would but have anyway. liked to have known that information going into the movie. <laughs> really, and I'm a huge Zendaya fan. Don't get me wrong. The Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Podcast. Uh, Angelina Jolie promoting um, the Eternals, and let me guess, she's in the movie for seven minutes. No, 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 no. But this is a this is a great sort of deflection. Oftentimes, when you talk to somebody like Angelina Jolie, and they got a lot going on, and you want to be respectful, but you also want to try and get them to say something about maybe something that they don't normally want to talk about. One of which is her. I guess, friendship with The weekend. A lot of people, oh. you know what I mean? Like a lot of people mm. like, mm, what's going on? Yeah. What's going hey, on Angelina, there? got any plans for The weekend? weekend? <laughs> okay, so listen to the way that this reporter at phrases this question. Okay. And then listen to how quickly Angelina Jolie deflects it. Now, I have to know, because Angelina, your kids are at the age where they have opinions. So I have to know, were they more excited that you were in The Eternals or that you are friends with the weekend. 
They're very excited about this film, if that's what you're asking. They're very excited about this film. <laughs> wow, he wasn't asking that. <laughs> yeah, no. He was using that to ask his Thank real you. question, Thank to get you. into the real question. I just gotta know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this be straight up. Yo, we all dating? <laughs> right? I know. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty crazy. But uh, one of the better deflections I've seen from uh, from a big star. The Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Podcast. So uh, Sarah Blakely, the founder of Spanx, mm-hmm. this was the uh, one of the greatest stories in sort of entrepreneurship of somebody just coming up with something that people needed. And that's where all the best ideas happen. It's like something simple and you see a need for something, you make that thing and you work your ass off and then hopefully it becomes a success and people love you and they love your company and more importantly, they love your product. And so uh, Spanx and uh, Sarah Blakely um, just did a huge deal with Blackstone um, to take over the majority stake in Spanx Inc., which Mm. put the company's value, it went up by $1.2 billion, according to the Wall Street Journal. Stop it. Yeah. So uh, so Sarah Blakely, and she's told this story many times. She just, she her dream was to have a million-dollar company. Yeah. That was the sort of entrepreneur, you know, pipe dream of what if I could build something that was worth a million dollars. Yeah. Who doesn't want right? to have that dream? Exactly. Uh, and and so, she's a hero, too. And she is a hero. And she's a hero to her employees, too. All the women that work their asses off uh, for her. And uh, so Sarah, yesterday, after the Blackstone uh, deal went through, um, did a sort of virtual press conference or employee meeting, all staff Mm -hmm. meeting, and uh, this is what she told her employees. To celebrate this moment, I have bought each one of you two first-class tickets to anywhere in the world. No. Yeah, and? And? You know, if you go on a trip, you might have to, like, you might want to go out to a really nice dinner, you might want to go out to a really nice hotel, and so, Anywhere in the world, you are each getting $10,000. <laughs> Hold on a yeah. second. Yeah. So, the inventor of the Spanx, yes. who sold the company, or no, uh, not, she didn't sell the company. They uh, Blackstone took over a majority stake in right. Spanx. And yes. now the company is worth how much? It went up to $1.2 billion. Billion with a B. Yes. She said to her employees, Yes. In celebration of my appreciation for all of your hard work, I'm yes. going to blow your Spanx off right now Yes, by giving you first-class tickets to anywhere in the world, and I'm going to give you $10,000 for that vacation? Yes. Oh, yeah. Right? How do that's I how apply for a job there? That's how you do it, man. I that's, would leave you fools in a minute to go work for Spanx. That's how you get people working with you for life, you know? That's uh, that's it. Great company. Um, that is amazing. Great boss. All everything companies else. should do that. This yeah. company should do that. <laughs> with what's going on with this company right now, you think we're getting listen? If you want to deflect, Ed. You want to deflect from what's going on, right? Listen, dog. Yeah, I mean, you may get a you may get a ticket at the at the West Coast have to testify. Yeah, the- <laughs> but that's on your money. Now you playing with my money, son. Yeah, I stocks. Know. <laughs> not happy. No, I know. I know. I just it's want- like. <laughs> Remember that movie Friday with Ice Cube? It's like when Big Worm said to Smokey, playing with my money is playing with my emotions, Smokey. That's what this is like, because a lot of people are saying it's like Succession or Game of Thrones, but you say what's going on with Rogers right now is more like Friday? Yes. Yes. He's playing with my money. I'm an investor. Big Ed, you playing with my money? You playing with my emotions? You better sort this out, son. Maybe come in and run the company. Uh... 
Why don't we start our own board? There's already two. Why not yeah. a third? Isn't that what he did on the right? weekend? Yeah. He just rolled in and was like, yo, <laughs> yeah. man them. Let's roll. <laughs> yeah, we're starting up our own board. <laughs> right? <laughs> Put together five dudes. Yo, yeah. there's four of us here. Let's... Yes, that's Call all we need. Quit next person that walks down the hall. Yeah, that's our fifth right there. Right? That's our fifth. Guess anyway. What? The announcement. <laughs> We've got another board here at Rogers. Started by the Raz and Mocha show. I have experience being on a board. I was vice president of my Jewish youth group. There you go. Perfect. Okay. Yes. Perfect. Yes. Perfect. That's perfect. I don't know that's if all it means need. anything, but back no. in the day, yeah. when I was in grade eight, I won the Christian Leadership Award for the year. <laughs> there really? you go. Yep. Wow. So I don't know if that holds any merit, Shem. I, I was president of the student council. You were. Oh, and you also run a church, right? I sure do. Yeah, I don't mean run a vice- church like, no. you know, when, <laughs> when I say somebody, like, runs a church. I just mean, like, you're, you're high up at your church. <laughs> yeah, I'm, right. I'm not trying to, listen, there's, okay, Shem's not, we're not trying to turn things, you know, any more, any more culty around here, okay? We're just, like, we're going we're gonna to do well by this company. So that's the new board. So now there's three here, right? Yeah, put that three. on the news. Yeah. City news. <laughs> I want to see that. Top of the next hour. The Roz and Mocha Show podcast. podcast. Apparently, the team at Jeopardy are really, really pulling for Mayim Bialik to become uh, the permanent host. Uh, oh. They really like Mayim and uh, Michael Davies as the interim executive producer. They want him to stick around as well. Um, the staff, uh, according to reports, has described Mayim as uh, gracious warm and smart say that she's a natural fit for the show uh, both on and off camera and is creating a calm environment befitting of uh, Alex Trebek's legacy I watch uh, every night and she's does she's doing an amazing job is she huh? yeah she they really, really they really like her uh, so they're pulling for her and uh, they've been telling the execs at Sony to quote stop dragging their feet and uh, finally oh, and, fi- and dragging your feet. yeah and <laughs> finally announce her because they they're, the, the fear is that they're gonna go through this whole thing again yeah Right. And it was just it was such a schlamaz and there was no there was no class to the way that it ended. There was no credibility to the way that it ended. And those were the two things that Jeopardy always had. Right. Class and credibility. And uh, and so I think that they just want them to go ahead. You know, Mayim is great. Also, it's not a good look if 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 they have Mayim Bialikos's show for a year and then they let her amazing and she's amazing at it. And then they let her go and bring in some other guy like some other old white guy. Right. It's just it's not a good look. And she's great at the job. Has anyone asked her if she wants it? Oh, she wants it. Okay. She very much wants it. Oh, no, no. She very much wants it. She's up for life. Exactly. The Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Podcast. Uh, Katy Perry did a cover of uh, the Beatles' All You Need Is Love for, I guess, uh, the Gaps holiday ad campaign. This is what that sounds like. Nothing you can make that can't be made. No one you can save that cannot be saved. Nothing you can do. You can learn how to be you in time. It's easy. Just turn any well-written song into a Christmas song, huh? Oh yeah, that's all it needs. And the timing of the bells. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like that's it. Like that, like that. I've never thought of that Beatles song as a as a Christmas song before. But as soon as you stick Katy Perry on it and uh, you put bells on it, it's it's Christmas. Absolutely, it is, it is the actual original one is in one of the greatest Christmas movies. 
No, I know that. Love Actually. Yeah, it's not one of the greatest Christmas movies. I'm not having this conversation with you again. The Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Podcast. Apparently, the team at Jeopardy are really, really pulling for Mayim Bialik to become uh, the permanent host. Uh, They really like Mayim and uh, Michael Davies as the interim executive producer. They want him to stick around as well. Um, The staff, uh, according to reports, has described Mayim as uh, gracious, warm, and smart, say that she's a natural fit for the show, uh, both on and off camera, and is creating a calm environment befitting of uh, Alex Trebek's legacy. Legacy. I watch uh, every night, and she's does she's doing an amazing job. Is she? Huh? Yeah, she they really, really they really like her. Uh, so they're pulling for her, and uh, they've been telling the execs at Sony to quote stop dragging their feet, and uh, finally oh, and, stop fi- and dragging your feet. yeah, and finally <laughs> announce her because they they're, the, the fear is that they're going to go through this whole thing again. Yeah, right. And it was just it was such a schlamaz, and there was no. There was no class to the way that it ended. There was no credibility to the way that it ended. And those were the two things that Jeopardy always had, right? Cl- class and credibility. And uh, and so I think that they just want them to go ahead. You know, Mayim is great. Also, it's not a good look. If if, if they have Mayim Bialikosa's show for a year and then they let and her... she's amazing And at she's it. amazing at it. And then they let her go and bring in some other guy, like yeah. some other old white guy, right? It's just, yeah. it's not a good look. Yeah. And she's great at the job. Has anyone asked her if she wants it? Oh, she wants it. Okay. She she very, I just thought it was no, important she, to ask no, her. Oh, if she no, wants no. It. She very much wants Bruh. it. She's set yeah. for life. Exactly. The Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Podcast. Uh, Isaiah Washington. So, do you remember him on Grey's Anatomy, Burke? So he left the show in 2007, and he left the show um, during a huge dust-up where he was accused of making a homophobic slur to T.R. Knight. Uh, T.R. Knight wound up leaving the show as well, and he didn't get along with Patrick Dempsey oh, and, wow. and all of this stuff. And I guess the story goes, according to Isaiah Washington, that Patrick Dempsey was just absolute poison on that set. And when they started Grey's Anatomy, nobody wanted him because at that time, his sort of reputation in Hollywood was so terrible that he was considered like pilot poison. Like if you put Patrick Dempsey in your pilot, your show's not going to get picked up. And they all really wanted Rob Lowe. Mm-hmm. Um, but they go, he goes on to say, so he did a podcast and I'll play this for you. Um, so he goes on to say that at the height of Me Too, that the producers or the show paid Alan Pompeo off to not go public with anything that she knew about Patrick Dempsey as far as the toxic work environment that he created on that set. So listen to this. She took $5 million under the table that I have receipts for through my whistleblower, Kim Clayton Hirschman, took $5 million during the height of the Me Too era to not tell the world how toxic and nasty Patrick Dempsey really was. Well, you ain't cool with black people when you bragging about cussing out Denzel. And taking $5 million under the table before you get your $40 million to keep to be silent about it. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. so uh, he goes on to say that uh, Patrick Dempsey was not a nice guy from day one, uh, but he did like him. The two of these guys uh, actually did get along, and he once had a conversation with them where he said, Isaiah, um, do you know... Do you know that white men are the masters of the universe? And I said, uh, "You really believe that?" And he said, "Absolutely." So he's calling him uh, calling him out on and racism Ellen, as well. Ellen Pompeo hasn't she hasn't said anything, right? No, Pompeo, no, not, not not to this. This just this just happened. But uh, that's a pretty large accusation to make that oh, Ellen Pompeo yeah. took a payoff during Me Too to not say anything about uh, Patrick Dempsey. Like that's a huge payoff. The Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Podcast fans really want Chris Evans and Selena Gomez to be a thing. 
What? Yeah, they do. Oh, yes, they do. Seriously? Yeah. So Chris posted a picture on Instagram where he was just like rainy day activities or whatever it was. And he's just sitting at the piano, a black piano. And in the bottom corner of the black piano, there's a tiny reflection of what looks like the underside of somebody's chin of a person taking that picture. And then fans were like, who's the brunette in the room with you? And so this kicked off again. But there have been so many instances of fans saying both of them were caught leaving the same restaurant. Both of them were in the same city. And time and time again, um, it turns out that one was a picture from 2013 and one was a picture from 2016 and all this stuff. Like they're just like people are magically... Putting them together. Putting them together without and any, building this timeline without any real evidence uh-huh. that they are actually together and uh-huh. according and even with this tiny little picture. But it all started in I think 2015 when Selena Gomez was on Watch What Happens Live when she was newly single. I was just wondering, now that you're single, who is your number one Hollywood crush? <laughs> um, I kind of have a crush on Chris Evans. Yeah, he's really? super Isn't he cute. cute. Yes, yes, he is super he's cute. He's very cute. Oh, so so that's, people are bringing this up now. So again? that's where it all started, okay. right? That's where that's where it all started. So they've been shipping the two of these two for six years now. Come on, what yeah. do you think? But however, I did look at that reflection in the piano. And Very much does look like Selena Gomez. Chin. So you think that they've been? I don't know. I don't know. But Chris Evans is the type of guy, right, where if something is wrong, he goes on social to correct it. Yeah, he's that guy. Hmm. Right? Lizzo gonna be hella mad. <laughs> and now it's time for Ask Roz and Mocha. We got some great questions this week for Ask Roz and Mocha. We're gonna head to the phones first, as we always do. Hello, Chris. Welcome. How are you? Hey, Roz and Mocha. Good. How are you? Good, buddy. Uh, how long you've been listening to the show for? It's been years. Uh, I've been a big fan. I've been, uh, I think you're in my top podcast for sure. I guess uh, Always uh, waiting for your podcast to drop, and yeah. uh, it's always a good good listen. Oh, amazing. That. We appreciate you, bro. Um, all right, everyone's in the room here. Cannot wait for your question. Go for it. All right. Uh, what is the absolute worst way to be woken up? By somebody yeah. scaring you awake. Ah, you just took the words <laughs> right out of my mouth. Yeah. yeah. The, the worst. My brother, like, I have trauma when I was a kid because my brother would walk into my room, and he would put his one foot on the corner of my bed, and then simultaneously, as he pushed down onto my bed and then springing it back up, he would just go, wake up! <laughs> <laughs> and you, your whole body would shake and you'd flip around and I'd immediately like yeah. get a headache yeah. and I didn't know where I was. Like being, I, I, would, I would say that I have two, okay? Uh, so ask your question again, what is the what? What is the absolute worst way to be woken up? Okay, I would say one, by being wet. And two, um, by being scared, right? I would, I would hate to wake up wet, and I don't like to wake up scared. Those yeah. are, those are my two. Yeah. I was gonna say scaring yourself awake. How do you do that? When you have that dream where you're falling, and all of a sudden you're like, Aah. oh, when <laughs> you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, so Maury's scaring himself awake. Yeah. Can you say Mocha scaring? Oh, scaring, and also if the alarm in the house is going off. Or if like a a fire alarm or some sort of an alarm right, in the house right, that right. is not my wake you up alarm. 
is going off. And then you wake up and you're like disoriented trying to figure out what's going on before you can like kind of catch your your bearings and, and realize your surroundings. You just brought up a really good point, Mocha, because right now there's a lot of fail safes and things are sort of streamlined and easier when it comes to setting your alarm on your phone. Um, but I remember, and as soon as you said that, I just had like, again, like a trauma of the days where I would forget to turn my alarm off and my alarm waking me up for work would go off on a Saturday. Oh, and did you worst. think it was then a work day? No, no. Like on days when I knew, right? Like yeah. it was the worst. Like when you would forget to turn your alarm off and you have that like one day to sleep in or whatever it is. And your alarm goes off in the morning to wake you up at work time. And then you just can't get it together because your body's like now is now is when we do all the things. Right. Or or the complete opposite of that. Yeah. Which is waking yes. like sleeping through your oh, alarm waking up late. and oh. waking up late having to come into work. That is the oh, worst. Then yeah. you because then shower. you are really disoriented at that point. Yeah, when you're waking up on the highway, it's no way to start your day. No, like when you're all. When your eyes are still foggy and you're yeah. on the highway that early in the morning. And your heart is racing. Your heart is racing. <laughs> it's, it's so unsafe. Yeah. Right? Like, it really is. It's so, And we've all been there. We've oh. all, at one point, the 12 years on this show. Yeah. Uh, Sham, I don't think, have you been late? Have you slept through an alarm? Here? No. No. Not, not on this show? No, not no. on this show. No. Um, but we, we'll give it time. Give it time. Give it time. But uh, but we've all had that thing. Mo- Maury's done it. You've done it, Mocha. Yeah. I know I've done it. I know I did it like one day. My Like I remember, like I'll never forget, like my I woke up because my brother was like calling to me. My, oh, because like, I was outside. Because And then I walked upstairs and Maury was in my hallway. <laughs> and I was like, I don't even know what was going on. Right, I was like, I had, Yo, no, Maury, I had no idea what was going one time on. Maury, like, knock on your bedroom yeah, window. Yeah, yeah, went through the alley in my house. <laughs> right? Like, at that point, just let me sleep. Yeah. Right? I saw Catherine in bed. <laughs> yeah, like, just just let me sleep, man. Right? Like, not, uh, not. Nobody called the cops. I know. I should have. You know that? <laughs> hey, I Chris, really you never should. gave an answer. What's the uh, absolute worst way to be woken up, in your opinion? Yeah, I think similar, but I think fire alarm was a good, uh, good one because, uh, you know, you just panic and like, you know, do I run out of the house or what do you do, right? So, yeah, and then you have to figure alarms. out if if the fire alarm is like being for real, like if there's actually a fire or maybe something tripped up and your fire alarm just went off, right? Yeah, you start smelling for smoke and all that things, but it's the, you're, for sleeping, it's the panic is the setting in, so you have to kind of reassess the situation and yeah, fire alarm is never pleasant. Yeah. Mm. All right, Chris. What uh, about the one when you were a kid oh. and your friends would put like whipped cream in your hand or you put your hand in pee? And put your you... hand in pee? Excuse you never, me? You never once went to a sleepover, did you, No. no. Never. Is that what it was? You put in like, and if they wake up, they put their hand all over their face? Okay. Okay. <laughs> hey, Chris, we're going to let you go. We got to ex- <laughs> uh, explain uh, <laughs> sleepovers to sleepovers to Maury. This is a whole other topic of conversation. We appreciate you, bro. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. See you. Okay. Okay. So, so Maury, where, where did you hear about putting your hand in pee? Like sleepover camp. Okay. Is that, am I wrong? Because I know the whipped cream one, and then they tickle you, and you slap your f- face with whipped cream. Uh, okay. And then I thought there's a bucket, and you put your hand in pee, and then it makes you pee. <laughs> no, no. The, the, the old sort of thing was that if you put somebody's hand in warm water, it makes them pee. You don't oh. put somebody, you don't dip somebody's hand in urine to make them pee. <laughs> That's disgusting. And then wake them up so they rub it all over their face. <laughs> Right? Thank God this never happened to you me. You never went to one sleepover, did you? No. No, no, never. No, you can, <laughs> it shows. 
Um, wow. Yeah. First of all, you would still be doing time had you done those things at a, at a, at a sleepover. <laughs> you can't, you can't, disgusting, yeah, man. You, you can't repee on somebody's face, man. Like, and so I was weird. a gross, I was a gross kid. Like we used to fart on each other's pillows, right? Yeah. Like if you were at a sleepover and then one of the guys got up to, um, got up to go to the bathroom, everybody would squat over the guy's pillow and fart on it. Right. Yeah, and then they would come so back gross. and they'd be like, why does my pillow smell like fart? Uh, and then I remember one time this kid, this, yeah, this kid, Danny fully just went bare ass and farted on the on this guy's pillow and then he came back and he's like oh man somebody farted on my pillow and it was like a big joke but then we woke up the, in the morning and there was a full streak oh, no. on the on the <gasps> pillow right full oh, streak no. on the pillow no yeah yeah because danny the kid who farted on the pillow didn't wipe too well i guess oh no okay and then so this other kid slept on that all night oh! Because Gross. it was dark, right? And we thought pee in the face was right? bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Did then you get we, pink eye? And then we all got pink eye and, oh, and everything else, right? Gross. Yeah. I remember having, it's it's so interesting because I didn't know what pink eye was until years and years and years later. Yeah. Right? I didn't know how to get it. I didn't know, whatever. Nobody told you. And nobody even said it was pink eye. You just had an eye infection, right? Like, that's, yeah. that's all it was. And I remember when I was a kid having a ton of eye infections. Yeah. Like, a ton of eye infections. And years later, I realized, oh yeah, all those eye infections were actually just pink eye because dirty boys do dirty boys things and you're always getting poo in your eye. Right. right? Like somebody, Is that somebody, the only way to get it? Yeah, it's like poo spores, yeah. right? Like you you don't you touch Wait, something. But I got pink eye like a couple of years ago. Yeah, because you touched something that had poo on it, probably <laughs> your, yourself or Matthew, <laughs> and then you rubbed your eye. Right? You know what I mean? You rub your eyes a lot. You take your glasses off, and you're always in your eyes. Yeah. See, right? so this is the thing. Yeah. Okay. But you know what? It couldn't. It doesn't necessarily even have to be yours. Like you no. could. Someone Anywhere. could like get have poo spores on their finger and go and touch that doorknob for the bathroom. Yeah. Which you're also touching to oh, open the doors. Yeah, yeah. Right. Or, or in my case, when you'd fart on each other's pillows. That too. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Leave streaks. Yeah. I wish I went to more sleepovers. Yeah. Uh, and Rita says here, uh, Roz always says in a relationship to mm. divide quote-unquote chores by who does what best what if one person does almost everything better than the other person uh well then you that's a problem uh then you just have to go and just even things out right like yeah. i always say that the best way to divide chores is what somebody does best or what somebody enjoys doing the most because i think that when you start talking about chores you find some weird things with people where like i have i love cleaning the bathroom Right? Bro, that's me. I love it. I don't mind I, cleaning the bathroom at no, all. No, I love cleaning yeah. the bathroom, right? Oh, and then that satisfaction yeah. when you like take a step back and you look yeah, at all your man. work and see I'm, how everything is crystal clear. I'm down on my oh, knees my and with the toilet. Scrubbing everything. everything. Oh, yeah. I love cleaning the bathroom where Catherine um, is very efficient and loves cleaning the kitchen. Uh -huh. But... Catherine will, you will walk into the kitchen and you will be like, oh my God, this kitchen is like a showroom kitchen. It's like everything is perfect, spotless. Then you look at the sink and it, it's a disaster. It looks like you've decomposed a, like, a, uh, like a body in there. Yeah. It's so disgusting. Catherine will clean the entire kitchen without doing the sink. She never touches the sink. Weird. Ever. But she'll wipe everything, clean everything, everything else. Everything down. Huh. So I always come in when she's finished cleaning the kitchen and I clean the sink. 
Really? Yeah. So I never say, I never say, hey, you know, that's part of cleaning the kitchen and everything else. Sure. Because she does such a good job at it. She just does not like cleaning the sink. Doesn't like taking out the little bits of food that she leaves in there. Anything. Doesn't like scrubbing the sides. Doesn't enjoy it. Isn't particularly good at it. Not on her list of things to do. Hmm. So when she finishes the kitchen, I will go in afterwards at some point and I'll do the sink. Yeah. Yeah. See, I like uh, doing the recycling, flattening the boxes, all that stuff. I like going outside and mowing the lawn. I like shoveling the driveway or using the snowblower on a yeah. day where there's a lot of snow out there. Um, I don't like stuff like that. I yeah. like. See, for me, I, I used to love folding laundry, mm-hmm. right? Uh, now I don't. I I could care less about it, to be oh honest God, with you. We have so much laundry that we have to do. Yeah, so Kath- sorry, that Catherine, Jenna does? Yeah, Catherine does it all. Oh. Catherine, does all the, Catherine does all the laundry. And then we have a woman um, named Colleen who comes over to the house every uh, two weeks to just sort of do like all the big... The yeah. big things, right? And um, she's a godsend. She's like the most wonderful human being ever. Um, but she kind of like, she whoops us into shape too because she'll be like, I'll leave carrots in the fridge, right? If I know if I, know I should buy, like I'm going to buy carrots, and if I think that maybe there's still some carrots left in the fridge, like I won't go into the fridge to find those old carrots and get rid of them before I put the new ones in. So I'll just stack carrots in the fridge oh God. and then Colleen will come over and then she'll find all the packages oh. that have like three carrots left in the fridge. They're all buried in the crisper where food goes to die. Yeah. And then she'll, she, like, we get a scolding. Call right? you out. Yeah. Like we get called out like, hard. Dare you waste these carrots. Hard we yeah. get called out, right? <laughs> I'll never, I'll never forget. I was in the house one day and, and she was in the kitchen and she's like, uh, she goes, Catherine. And Catherine's like, yeah, she's like, uh, she's like, uh, can I get uh, rid of these carrots? And then Catherine's like, uh, yeah. And then two minutes later, she was like, Catherine. Catherine's like, yeah. She's like, can I get rid of these carrots? <laughs> and Catherine's like, and Catherine's like, yeah. She's like, uh, Catherine, I'm just gonna throw these ones out because they're white. <laughs> 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 yeah, so Eat your carrots, bro. Yeah, I know. Caitlin wants to know what was your biggest impulse buy during COVID quarantine? Impulse is a weird term because that implies like there was no sort of premeditation to it or this isn't something that I had always wanted. You know mm. what I mean? Like where I just sort of pulled the trigger over COVID. Like an impulse buy is like you see something that maybe you didn't even know you wanted and then you just go ahead and buy it, right? Ours were masks. Masks? Yeah. What do you mean? Masks. Like masks because... Like COVID masks? Yeah. We impulse bought so much and like so many really? different brands and like styles because we didn't know which ones we liked right so right, we would order like different right, styles right. and it was like there's not really a history of that many reviews yeah for the masks right huh. so it was like okay buy 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 wow yeah I, would I say did the that. exact same thing with a whole bunch of masks that I will never wear I bought because they, I just don't like how they feel on me so I bought golden girls masks I bought like Madonna masks. I bought oh all kinds of these masks. <laughs> Wait, like I bought Andy Warhol masks. And like I put Madonna them on, was selling like, masks, or there were masks with like Madonna with Madonna and Marilyn Monroe oh, okay, face yeah, on them. Yeah. And then the, the, the Andy Warhol one. It's like I put it on, and it looks like I have a big soup can on my face. And I'm like, I'm not going to wear this. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody was wearing cute masks for a little while, huh? Yeah, yeah. Um, impulse buy. I don't. I don't really like. I don't impulsively buy things. Like I don't spend a lot of money. Uh, like frivolously, like I, everything I buy, I want to buy. Mm-hmm. I've thought about it, uh, but I bought it's a big some, reason. Yeah. yeah, I bought some expensive things over COVID. Uh-huh. Um, I bought another lawnmower over COVID. 
Oh my God. What is that? Like six now? Six. Or seven? Uh, no, I have one, two, three, four, five, five that I use. And then the sixth uh, friend of mine uses. So I have six you lawnmowers. Buy, you out here buying lawnmowers for friends? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I got, he uses two of mine. He has, <laughs> two, of my, he has two of my mowers. Yeah. 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 Well, when you're looking to buy another Toro. Yeah. So I have four. <laughs> I, have, here, I have four in my shed. Yeah. And he has two of mine at uh, at his place down Yo, the road. That's next level money I will never see. <laughs> I was going to chime in. I'm just buying lawnmowers <laughs> for friends. Lawnmowers. Yeah. I was going to chime in and say I bought a whole bunch of tea, but that doesn't compare. Yeah. Yeah. No, I bought. And uh, yeah, I know. It's just so, like, so crazy. And it's like, it's, and this is a serious lawnmower this is my most this is next to like it has been years since i paid that much money for something really because i don't spend money right like i don't i'm really quite frugal with money i don't buy fancy clothes i don't like i have no interest in things that would rack up a bill super fast like i'm not a sneaker head right? I don't care about designer labels. I don't, I get no joy out of wearing something that just feels expensive. Like I don't have any of that and I never, and I never have. So I don't spend my money on a lot of things, right? Like I just really don't like, like food. I always buy expensive food. Sure. When I'm at the grocery store. That makes sense. I never look for sales. Yeah. Right. Ever. I will. I've never. You're paying for quality at that point. Thank you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. But as far as impulse buys, though, no, I don't really like nothing. I mean, I'll like go on and if I see like a ratchet set, I'll just be like, click a, you know, uh, add to cart on Amazon, even though I already have a ratchet set, but this one just looked cool. Yeah. Right? Like I'll buy, I'll buy like $50 for a ratchet set or something like that, but that's not really an impulse buy. I impulse buy a lot from like you Home do, Depot. Huh? Yeah. When I go to Home Depot, I'm when like, you're yeah. there. Yeah. I'm really? like, yeah, I could use that. Like, like I have what? so much stuff in like my work shed that I haven't like even opened. Fair enough. Yeah. Just yet. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I look at it, I'm like, yeah, I'll probably use these jigsaw blades oh, at some no. point. Right. Especially if they're on sale. That's such a dad move too. And I guess moms in, in other ways, just with, with different things. Um, the idea that you'll convince yourself that you need to go to Home Depot to buy a full on belt sander when really you need a belt sander for about 15 minutes on a Saturday yeah. on, on one job that you're never going to do again. Yeah. And then you got a belt sander. Right. Yeah. But I don't mind having a belt sander. Because so- at some point. You're going to be in a situation where you're like, frig, I wish I had a sander right now. Yeah. Five years from now, right? Like, bingo. Thank you. Five (laughs) years from now. Paid off. Yeah, you're going to use a belt sander uh, and you're going to use it every five years, but you will will own it. Yeah. All right. uh, Taryn Veer says, when you were speaking on how people are not going on dating apps as much with one of the, okay, with one of the fans on your show. Roz mentioned that people are going to have to start meeting each other through bars and such. And Roz said, that's where he's a pro. (laughs) Right. What moves and or tips does Roz have in that scenario? Okay, so it's not so much about moves or tips. It's it's the thing that you're not used to from um, dating apps. And that is there is no when you're on the app and that's it's just a swiping. It's it's that sort of game. OK, there you risk nothing 
when you're on the apps. You just sit and you swipe, swipe, swipe till you match somebody, and then if it works you're out. You're never going to see out. that person in real life, right? the The problem is that it has become so easy, and people now have what they feel are unlimited options. And as soon as the world in the dating world, people started feeling like they had unlimited options, the the quality of individual went way down. And so when you do have to meet somebody in person, what that takes is vulnerability and courage. And you have to, you lock eyes with somebody across a room and to get the sort of guts to go over and shoot your shot to somebody in their face to come up with something that is maybe a little bit kind, maybe a little bit funny, uh, that's not like show me nudes, what are you doing? All those things that may work on apps don't work in real life because you can't act like that in real life. And so there's a vulnerability that people are just not used to when it comes to meeting people in real life. There's like your options are not unlimited. This is a night's worth work, worth of work for a lot of people to walk up to somebody, whether it be on a bus or in a bar or any of these – of these things right. and if you're going from the the app world to a sort of dating situation uh at, at a bar where you want to approach somebody who you know you think is beautiful or they look cool or maybe they shot you a look or you know they smiled at you when when you walked by all that stuff is what people have had to do forever which is you know um risk losing be a little vulnerable, um, build up some courage and, you know, make a, make the best of it. And that's a world that people don't understand. Real they life really shooting don't. your shot. Yeah. Or, or as Maury would do. I used to give hand out CDs with I used to give hand what? <laughs> yeah, don't finish that sentence. Finish. <laughs> this see, this I used to like just a, give hand. This seems like a great place to just end the podcast, okay? Find us on Instagram. I used to just give hand. <laughs> <laughs> Maury almost slipped up there. You saw that, right? Yes, he almost sir. slipped up. Yes, uh, every week sir. we'll post a picture that reads Ask Razamoka, so feel free. He sat at that table to with submit the, your questions. He, he sat at that table with the tablecloth for so long, people thought he was a fortune teller. <laughs> <laughs> right? What's going on back there? <laughs> this has been the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Thanks for listening to the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Catch the guys live. Weekday mornings from 6 to 10. On KISS 92.5. KISS 92.5.com. Or download the KISS 92.5 app.